Good morning, Orlando, on a bone-chillingly cold Thursday morning. We're going to try to warm you up right away here at 6 as we give you our first look at Orlando's news, weather, and traffic on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Deborah Roberts. And our top stories this morning a government shutdown threat looms large, and a freeze warning and a wind chill advisory are in effect. We'll have the details coming up in one minute. And it's fake news and flake news. First up on Good Morning Orlando. And good Thursday morning at 6.02 on News Radio 102.5. The threat of a government shutdown is growing on Capitol Hill. House Republicans are proposing a short-term bill that would keep the government open for four weeks until lawmakers come up with a long-term spending plan. Uh, some conservatives in the House are opposed to the plan, though, because it doesn't include more money for defense. Democrats won't support it because it doesn't include protection for hundreds of thousands of young immigrants brought to the U.S. illegally as children known as dreamers. This news brought to you by Tresco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. A deep freeze is causing dangerous driving conditions in the deep south. Sub-zero wind chills on Wednesday made snowy highways slick and hazardous. The brutal cold triggered highway crashes and shut down interstates. Authorities in Georgia reported a 10-vehicle wreck on I-85. In Mississippi, icy roads were reported in every single county. The National Weather Service says a hard freeze should continue across the south through this morning. In the meantime, you might do a double take when you look at the thermometer this morning. It's not lying. A freeze warning is in effect until 9 o'clock this morning with temperatures in some areas only in the 20s. A wind chill advisory is also in effect for some areas until 10 o'clock. The forecast for today once again in the Orlando area calls for sunny skies with highs only in the mid-50s. In other news, Steve Bannon says he's agreed to be interviewed for the Russia probe. The former White House strategist says he'll be interviewed by special counsel Robert Mueller's team, but he'll need guidance from the Trump administration about what he can talk about. Bannon has refused to answer questions before a congressional probe into possible Russian ties to the Trump campaign. Both Republicans and Democrats have criticized the White House for what they say is an overreach of executive privilege. The California parents accused of keeping their 13 children in bondage will have a hearing today. David and Louise Turpin were arrested Sunday after their 17-year-old daughter managed to escape and call 911. Authorities say they found her 12 siblings at home in deplorable conditions. Some were reportedly chained to the furniture. Detectives have scoured the home and are expected to turn the case over to prosecutors soon. The parents are being held on $9 million bail each. Back here in the Sunshine State, U.S. Senator Bill Nelson is calling for a federal probe after a second death involving South Florida's new high-speed rail service. Police say 51-year-old Jeffrey King of Boynton Beach was struck and killed by a Brightline train yesterday afternoon when he tried to ride a bicycle around a guardrail and cross the tracks ahead of the train. During Brightline's grand opening ride last Friday, 31-year-old Melissa Lavell, also of Boynton Beach, was killed when she, too, attempted to cross the tracks after the guardrail was down. Nelson is asking Transportation Secretary Elaine Chow to investigate the security of Brightline crossings. And as it turns out, there were also two deaths during Brightline's testing phase. A 35-year-old woman and an 18-year-old woman, both in South Florida, which technically brings the death toll up to four already for a rail service 
that's only had its inauguration last week. Yeah, I think Brightline's got some real problems yeah. here. It is long-term, destined to run all the way from Miami up to Cocoa and then in along uh, new tracks that are by the beach line to Orlando International Airport. That's the vision a few years from now. A lot of folks in South Florida don't want this line because there are just too many crossings, Yeah, too much traffic getting backed up too often, too much noise from the trains and the whistles, and then there is the danger factor. Brightline has some real stiff headwinds, I would say, right now in South Florida. Absolutely. And you and I, I I'm sure you remember the listener who had called who had lived kind of in the um, Treasure Coast region, kind yeah. of Indian River County, who had called and talked about a major intersection that first responders have to use to yeah. take patients to hospitals. And then, of course, there was also the the thought of the dangerous crossings. And here we've already had four deaths in South Florida, and the train's only been operating for one week. It's amazing. It's awful to hear that. It really is. And finally, this is some good news, though. YouTube is taking down those videos of teenagers doing the Tide Pod Challenge. Good. If you remember, yeah, the trend challenges kids to bite down on the laundry pods like candy. Some kids have also uploaded videos of them smoking them or cooking them, using them as ingredients on pizza. YouTube said the videos violate terms of service by promoting dangerous activities. They're working with Tide's parent company, Procter & Gamble, to find and flag the videos. Tide is also warning teenagers that it's dangerous to eat laundry detergent. You, out of the gene pool. WFLA News Time at 6.06. Watch as an earthquake-causing meteor shocks Michigan residents. Did you happen to see any of that video yesterday? No, I did not. Unbelievable. The meteor apparently must have been so close when it came, when it was getting ready to hit the ground, it caused like a register two earthquake in Michigan, lit up the night sky. And now you have scavengers out trying to find the space rock which they say is more rare than any diamond, platinum, any jewel or gem you could find would be able to find this meteor that fell to the ground. I want to see this. How do I do that? You go to 1025wfla.com. A lot of home video surveillance, really cool view. But wait to watch it just yet because the first hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. News, weather, and traffic for the best audience in talk radio. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. Thank you, Deb. Deborah Roberts with our news, top and bottom of the hour. Of course, whenever there is breaking news, count on it from her, my co-host and partner on the 50,000-watt front porch. Yaffe's our executive producer, and alongside him in the control room, we've got Stephanie screening your calls. If you want to join the conversation on a host of hot topics to warm you up here in a bone-chillingly cold Thursday morning, as I said, here is the number, 407-916-5400. Here's the text line, 23680, where standard message and data rates apply. And up first, fake news. Trump's awards finally out, and flake news. We'll have that, and um, we're going to update the news, the weather and the traffic, and uh, do all of that in two minutes. And uh, even ahead of that, we're going to give you an opportunity to make your wallet great again. Stay tuned for the keyword of the hour in our new texting contest. Text the word to 200-200. You could win $1,000. Good morning, Orlando, at 6.08. So finally last night, Trump popped out his list of Fake news awards, and um, and and they were posted on this website GOP.com, and it crashed the site. It was unbelievable. Yeah, you couldn't even get on it last night, right? Yeah, I went. I wanted to check it out last night. Went to it, and it said not available at this time. No surprise that the New York Times and CNN topped the list. Um, 
let's see. I think the New York Times got like four awards or five, and CNN got about four. Um, th- th- this is this is interesting. Uh, let, let's quickly go through this. Coming in first place was New York Times Pulitzer Prize winning anti-Trump columnist Paul Krugman for his prediction the day Trump won the election that the American economy would never recover. <laughs> the award comes out as the Dow crashes through the 26,000 mark in record territory and the U.S. economy under Trump is booming. And the Times was followed on the fake news awards list from the president by ABC News investigative reporter Brian Ross. I don't even think he's back on the job right now. He got suspended for his botched report that Trump advised uh, Michael Flynn to make contact with Russian officials during the campaign. Not true. Uh, CNN, number three, falsely reporting the candidate Trump and his son Donald Trump Jr. had access to hacked documents from WikiLeaks. Number four, Time falsely reporting that President Trump removed a a bust of Martin Luther King Jr. from the Oval Office? Not so. Fake news. Number five, the Washington Post wins here for falsely reporting the president's massive sold-out rally in Pensacola, Florida was empty. It was a dishonest reporter showing pictures of an empty arena hours before the crowd came in. Number six, CNN again, falsely editing a video to make it appear President Trump defiantly overfed fish during a visit with a Japanese prime minister, but the prime minister actually led the way with the feeding. Number seven, CNN again for falsely reporting about Anthony Scaramucci's meeting with a Russian, but retracted it later due to a significant breakdown in the process, whatever that means. That means sloppy reporting, biased reporting. Number eight to Newsweek for falsely reporting that the Polish first lady did not shake President Trump's hand. And it goes on, let me see here, to number nine, CNN gets an award from the president a report that former FBI Director James Comey would dispute President Trump's claim that he was told he was not under investigation. Number 10, the New York Times gets an award that the Trump administration had hidden a climate change study, and that was bogus. And number 11, wrapping it up on the Trump uh, fake news awards, and Trump's words, Russia collusion. Russian collusion is perhaps the greatest hoax perpetrated on the American people. There is no collusion. And then the president went on, just for good measure, listing all of the accomplishments during the first year, not reported or underreported by the anti-Trump media, the ATM machine. How the economy has created nearly $2 million and gained over $8 trillion in wealth since the president's inauguration. How African Americans and Hispanics are enjoying the lowest unemployment rate in recorded history. And it goes on and on and uh, wraps up with the president keeping his promise to... uh, get Neil Gorsuch, the conservative uh, jurist on the United States Supreme Court. So that's the fake news awards. Now, flake news, as Republican Senator Jeff Flake compares Trump to Stalin on the floor of the United States Senate. Stay tuned on that. Your take on the fake news awards. You like what you hear? You're glad Trump did it? Do you wish he'd just forgotten about it? I'm fine with the fake news awards. You got to keep the heat on the anti-Trump media and keep their feet to the fire and make it as hot as you can. You like good news? Of course you do. So do I. Stay tuned. Next half hour, I'll tell you about Trump's runaway tax cut train that has just picked up Apple and a whole lot more companies. Boy, this is exciting. 
traffic and weather together here on a Thursday morning. The very latest for you, and um, let's listen. From the Airflow Designs Heating and Air Conditioning Traffic Center. This report is brought to you by Staples. It's still pretty quiet on I-4 in either direction from Deltona to the attractions. Winter Garden Vineland Road is closed at Stony Brook West Parkway because of an accident. Looks like Medevac helicopter is landing at this crash scene. On International Drive at Central Florida Parkway, we have some ice building up on the roadway. Use caution. There's a minor accident here. It's a smooth ride on the beach line, the greenway, and on the 408. If you see traffic problems, call the Safe Touch Security tip line at 866-676-8477. From the Traffic Center, I'm Daisy Ash. Staples has great prices on everything you need to print. Now get up to $120 off select HP Office Jet Pro printers as HP celebrates 30 years of helping small business succeed. Ends 120 restrictions may apply. See staples.com for details. Staples, it's pro time. From the Airflow Designs Heating and Air Conditioning Weather Center. Here's your News Radio 1025 exclusive AccuWeather forecast. Sunny to partly cloudy today. It'll be breezy and cooler with highs of 49 to 56. Clear and chilly tonight. Lows 25 in the coldest outlying areas, but 40 in Orlando. Tomorrow will be mostly sunny, high 60 to 67, high 65 to 71 with some sun Saturday. News, weather, and traffic every 10 minutes in the morning. I'm Heather Zayer, News Radio 1025 WFLA. Headlining a local story for you right now, an Orlando man is in serious condition after a crash with a patrol car. Margarito Hernandez rear-ended a car yesterday near Paramore downtown, then turned in front of an Apopka police car. Officer Ariel Carrion could not stop in time and hit Hernandez's car. Hernandez was cited for careless driving and driving without a license. We bring you updates at least every 10 minutes in our top stories. All morning for you and good morning, Orlando. Radio is the easy-to-use app for music and radio. Download the free iHeartRadio app today. From the fake news awards to the flake news made before an almost empty Senate chamber yesterday by outgoing Arizona Republican senator and Trump hater Senator Jeff Flake. This guy decided to throw in the towel early because his polling numbers were so low in Arizona. And this guy's living up to his name. He is a flake and a whole lot worse, I think. When you begin to characterize in any way a sitting United States president with the likes of Adolf Hitler or, in this case, Soviet dictator, the late Joseph Stalin. You're on ground you need not be on. There is no comparison. But of course, if you hate Trump enough, you're willing to say anything. And if you are retiring from the Senate because you know you're going to get clobbered if you do run, you are open to say anything essentially, without paying a political price for it. So that said, let's listen to Arizona's outgoing anti-Trump Republican Senator Jeff Flake. Listen closely to what he says about Trump and how Trump is constantly at odds with the media. And this is where he makes this incredible and outrageous and completely without merit comparison 
of Donald Trump with Joseph Stalin. The enemy of the people was how the President of the United States called the free press in 2017. Mr. President, it is a testament to the condition of our democracy that our own President uses words infamously spoken by Joseph Stalin to describe his enemies. When a figure in power reflexively calls any press that doesn't suit him fake news, it is that person who should be the figure of suspicion, not the press. 2018 must be the year in which the truth takes a stand against power that would weaken it. Let us resolve to be allies of the truth and not partners in its destruction. No wonder the Senate chamber was almost empty. This guy is an embarrassment, frankly, across party lines. Now, can anyone, even you ardent Trump haters, and we we are honored by the fact that you join us from the left side of the 50,000-watt front porch, even though we totally disagree on the merits of Donald Trump as president, okay? Can you name one person that Donald Trump has killed or ordered killed or is in any way responsible for their death? Can you name one? Look up the former dictator of the defunct Soviet Union, Joseph Stalin. There is great debate about how many people he is directly or indirectly responsible for killing during his reign of terror through the 20s into the early 50s and through World War II. You will find debate as to whether the figure is somewhere in the neighborhood of 20 million or 25 million. And he has the unmitigated gall, Yaffe, to make any kind of a connection between Trump and Stalin. Yeah, I think he's grandstanding. I think he's going to run for president in 2020. Is that what this is about? Come on, he couldn't even run for the Senate. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. I don't think it would go anywhere. The guy is a flake. (laughs) It's amazing to me how much they're critical of Trump in this area when Trump has given the press more access to the presidency than anything I've seen in my lifetime. Even, it's amazing. E- even liberal reporters will say that. I know. There was at least one that famously was quoted a couple of months ago as saying, I've had more access to the Trump White House in a month than, than I had with Obama in eight years. Yeah. I mean, Stalin not only criticized the press, but he tried to, well, he did take over the press. That's what the Soviet Union did, where the government controlled the press. It's a communist dictatorship. That's <laughs> exactly. what they do. I mean, there's nothing like that here. It's been the opposite. Trump wants to stop funding NPR and PBS. He wants the government out of the press business. Yeah. All right. From fake news to flake news, and we're just getting rolling. Uh, And and if you want some good news, be with us in the next half hour, okay, for more on the Trump economy. It is amazing. And Gina Savetti with the Bloomberg Business Report We'll have a lot more on that as well right after Deb updates the news here at the bottom of the hour. Deborah Roberts back with us now to get us all up to date on the news at the bottom of the 6 o'clock hour. Deb, lots of talk about a government shutdown, and time is getting tight on uh, on making a decision whether we're going to have one or not. Yeah, well, Senate Republicans say they're working hard to negotiate a budget deal, bud, before the government runs out of money tomorrow night. 
In the Capitol briefing yesterday, Majority Leader Mitch McConnell said there are a lot of moving parts in negotiations. One key sticking point is protections for DREAMers. Democrats are insisting on long-term protections for young immigrants who were brought to the U.S. illegally as children. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Haitians will no longer be eligible for temporary work visas in the U.S., The Department of Homeland Security will announce today that it's removing Haiti from the list of countries eligible for the temporary work permits. The move follows the administration's decision to end temporary protected status for nearly 60,000 Haitians working legally in the U.S. following the 2010 earthquake that devastated the island. Last week, President Trump reportedly used crude language in questioning why the U.S. accepts immigrants from Haiti. Meanwhile, the next person competing with you for a job may not be a person at all. Recent advances in technology are showing how dramatically things are changing across the workforce. Tom Feeney with Associated Industries of Florida says we're seeing the advance of machine learning in real time. There are extraordinary abilities nowadays that uh, computers have to adapt and learn through experiences. And so some of the best chess players in the world are no longer human, they are computers. And chess is just one example of capacity. Bookkeeping, legal document writing, elements of medicine are all seeing machines move into jobs that used to be exclusively human. Feeney says we'll need a sophisticated workforce if we're to compete with both our allies and adversaries in this global arena. Finally, if you're a fan of Bitcoin or other so-called cryptocurrency, heads up, The IRS has a virtual currency team gearing up for tax season. Tax experts say anytime a person buys, sells, or uses their cryptocurrency to purchase something, they may owe taxes. Under IRS rules, virtual currencies are property, which means profits and losses are taxed at the capital gains rate. The agency also hired a cryptocurrency software company to help track the movement of virtual money. A growing number of tax attorneys in the U.S. now specialize in answering tax questions from people who have income from cryptocurrencies. Part of the popularity of cryptocurrency is that it's not under federal banking laws or held by banks and such. Yeah, but the IRS isn't going to let you get away with anything, are they? (laughs) Surprise! Death and taxes, the only guarantee in life. There you go. You can get these stories and more at 1025WFLA.com. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando continues now with Gina Cervetti and the Bloomberg Business Report. As we roll on from the Frontgate Realty Studio, visit laurahasthebuyers.com in a half an hour. Our new keyword of the hour in our Make Your Wallet Great Again contest could land you 1000 bucks. Be ready to text the keyword to 200-200, and you could win 1000 grand. Oh, she's, she's, she's tapping away. Must be breaking news in the Bloomberg newsroom. Let's check in with Gina. Good morning to you. What's going on? Good morning, but I actually do have some breaking news. Uh, Wyndham Hotels is going to acquire La Quinta, the hotel franchise there, oh. for $1.95 billion in cash. That is just crossing the Bloomberg Terminal this morning, so we'll definitely keep our eye on more details for that. In yeah, the meantime... Those are familiar names down here. Um, I know, our I know. They... Mecca, Wyndham, and, uh, and La Quinta. Very interesting. Yeah. Now, in the meantime, we had a huge rally again on Wall Street yesterday. You've been looking at the stock futures coming on here this morning. What can you tell us, Gina? Well, the futures are kind of quiet after that big rally yesterday, which came on the optimism over corporate earnings, fueling bullish sentiment, sentiment on Wall Street. The Dow surged almost 323 
three points or one and a quarter percent, closing above 26,000 for the first time. The S&P was up 26 or about a percent to 28.03, and the Nasdaq was up 75 to 72.98. The Bloomberg Orlando index was up 1.1 percent. We'll watch for a report today on housing starts, and we get the jobless claims numbers today. All right, and the post tax reform bonanza continues, making a lot of news, Apple in particular. Right, Gina? It's the latest company issuing an employee bonus of 2500 worth of restricted stock units following introduction of the new tax law. The move came on the same day Apple said it would bring back most of its massive cash from overseas and spend $30 billion in the U.S. over the next five years, funding an additional campus, data centers, and 20,000 new employees. It's an amazing story. More on that coming up in our next segment here this morning. You know, the latest Star Wars movie came out, and it was red hot, and then attendance at theaters uh, tailed off, and now we're seeing that uh, Star Wars toy sales are flagging a bit. What's going on with that? Yeah, sales of Star Wars toys fell last year despite a new film, The Last Jedi, in the all-important holiday shopping season. One analyst for BMO Capital Markets says you could call it Star Wars burnout or movie fatigue. That does not bode well for Hasbro, which has the main Star Wars toy partnership, or Jack's Pacific, which has a secondary license. But Hollywood and toy makers have fixated on toy-friendly films at a time when kids are increasingly turning to online entertainment, as we know. Wow, the world, it is a change. And yesterday you told us that Nestle is getting out of the candy business here in the U.S., and you've got a sequel, an update to this. What's the deal? Yes, well, that sale of the U.S. confectionery business does not include Kit Kat. Nestle is holding on to that. And today in candy-obsessed Japan and in South Korea, Nestle debuts Kit Kats made from ruby chocolate. This is the first new type of natural chocolate in more than 80 years. Nestle struck a special deal with the ruby chocolate developer, Zurich-based Barry Calibot, giving Nestle the exclusive rights for six months to the product with a pinkish hue and a natural berry flavor. Uh-huh. And before you go, Nintendo has surprised gamers, apparently, with some old-fashioned accessories. What can you tell us? Yes, and investors, too, by unveiling new cardboard accessories that interact with games for its Switch console. Cardboard sheets can be folded into everything from motorbike handles to fishing rods and even a miniature piano. Shares of Nintendo rose after the unveiling, not the only one turning to low-tech to pair with high-tech. Google is another company that's embraced cardboard with an assemble-yourself viewer that turns smartphones into virtual reality goggles. This fascinating stuff. Love it. The Bloomberg Business Report by the one and only Gina Cervetti, who joins us every morning on Good Morning Orlando at 635 from the Bloomberg Newsroom in the heart of New York City. Thanks, and we'll catch you tomorrow morning, Gina. Thanks, bud. All right, good deal. Coming up here in just a moment, we're going to hop aboard Trump's runaway tax cut train and it has stopped to pick up Apple and a whole lot more corporations as well, all to our benefit. This is good news, and it's coming your way as we hop on the Trump train right after an update on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic for you here in two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA. A little more on the Apple story. They're going to wind up bringing almost all of their $250 billion in overseas cash back home because of the tax reform measures, primarily the reduction in the ta- corporate tax rate from 35 to 
Trump pitched this. He drove this. He got he herded the cats. He got the Republican-controlled Congress with no help from the Democrats to get this thing through just before the first of the year. And he knew what he was talking about. And we've only begun to see the fruits of this ripple through the U.S. economy. Apple is far from alone. Think about that. That's a quarter of a trillion dollars being brought back home here by one corporation, strictly because of the tax cuts and the tax reform legislation that was pitched by this president while he was running and throughout his first year in office. It's incredible, Yaffe, is it not, what happens when you unshackle the engine of free enterprise. Yeah, now I wish we could do it more. Let's simplify the tax code even more. How about that? Could you imagine? But no, it's great. It's amazing to see these companies actually give credit to to the tax cut bill of they why all, they're giving the bonuses. They all are. They may be run yeah. by liberals who personally hate Trump, but in the cutthroat world of business, you know, I mean, they'll they'll react to whatever the market yeah. conditions are. And we've changed the equation on the conditions for business with the reduction in the corporate tax rate and the other measures in the Trump-driven tax law. Well, yeah, the fact is businesses are going to like it when they get to keep more of their own money. Got a question for you. Is anybody out there? working for anybody that has made some positive changes for their workforce based on the new tax law. I can tell you an auto nation here in Florida, all kinds of new benefits for their employees. I mean, it follows on the heels not only of Apple, but AT&T, Comcast, American Airlines, Southwest Airlines, JetBlue, Wells Fargo, PNC Bank, Walmart, announcing bonuses, minimum wage increases, retirement fund contributions increased, boosts and charitable contributions. I mean, it's unbelievable what's going on here. And the big government overregulated economy of liberal President Barack Obama was stifling the American economy, crippling the engine of free enterprise. And look what happens when you get a capitalist and a businessman as president of the United States. The polling is up on the tax plan now that people are beginning to see the fruits of it. And we've not yet even seen the first increases in our take-home pay. That kicks in in February, Yaffe. And I predict that the popularity of this plan will soar and the U.S. economy will continue to do so with it. Yeah, I want to talk about this more on my show tonight at 7 p.m., by the way. I want to get into some detail in this about... You know, I love what Calvin Coolidge said years ago. The business of America is business. And we need to create an environment, which Trump is doing, that is good for business. That's what's good for our country. And Coolidge in the 20s had the U.S. economy really, really roaring. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Exactly right. Yeah, before the big collapse in 29. And he was gone by then. As we always say, WFLA proudly stands for we are freedom-loving Americans, and we will always make airtime for great patriots on this, on this station and on Good Morning Orlando. And so it was that the Congressional Gold Medal, the nation's highest civilian award, was given to 94-year-old Bob Dole, World War II hero, former senator, former Republican Senate Majority Leader from Kansas, uh, former Republican presidential candidate in 96, and as I say, World War II veteran severely wounded in combat. The ceremony 
went on for the better part of an hour in the rotunda of the Capitol yesterday afternoon. Everybody was there. The president, the vice president, key members of the cabinet, all the leaders in the House and the Senate, and the rotunda was absolutely packed for this American hero, 94-year-old Bob Dole in a wheelchair. We're going to hear from him. By the way, when they played the national anthem, he got folks to help him stand up, and by God, he did at attention. More on Bob Dole in a moment, but here he is, followed by President Trump. I want to thank all those who have said such kind words about me. They're probably not true, but they were nice. <laughs> Mr. Speaker, I'm extremely honored to accept this great honor, and I thank you for presenting it to me. You're a friend. You are a patriot a hero, a leader, and today you have become a recipient of the Congressional Gold Medal. It's an honor to be with you, Bob. Thank you for your service. Thank you very much. By the way, my antenna are always up for such things, so I searched around quickly on the dial. I can tell you that Fox covered all of this. CNN only went to it when Dole spoke and bailed out before and after that, MSNBC did not cover it at all. No surprises there, right? Yaffa, you and I have fond memories of Bob Dole because we were so pleasantly surprised to see him greeting veterans and talking with those who were attending the World War II Memorial, and he was a driving force behind the creation of that back in 2004 and 2005. And when we had the privilege of accompanying Ed Reardon and the rest of the Central Florida Honor Flight Gang and World War II veterans primarily up to the War Memorial and other monuments in Washington to the heroes of various wars, we saw Bob Dole right out there, and he still does it. That was revealed yesterday, even as frail as he is at 94. Yeah, I was going to say, he can barely move. He can't walk, he can barely move, and yet he makes an effort all the time to go out and greet the vets. And it's not a big deal, you know, for him to do it. He just does it by himself because he wants to honor them. I I found that amazing. I'll never forget it. Neither will I, because we had no idea. We we said, what what is this gathering of people off to the side? We walked over there, and there's Bob Dole. And I remember getting down, and I remember remember shaking his hand, and you got to shake his left hand because the right hand doesn't work. Okay, and and right. and 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 I just thanked him for his service and 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 just told him how how what a privilege it was to meet him. I mean, this is a guy who ran for president. This is a guy. I mean, he's a well-known guy. Yet he makes the time and effort to do something like that. And it wasn't about him. No. It was about the vets. No, it wasn't about him getting the glory and said, "Hey, right. Bob, wow!" It wasn't about that. It was all about paying tribute to his fallen comrades in arms and those who survived along with him and were turning out to see the memorial in their honor. And to learn yesterday during that presentation, and I watched every minute of it, I stopped show prep to watch it for a solid hour, that he still does it at 94. Wow. Now that's a patriot. That's an American hero. Bob Dole.
Deborah Roberts updating our news here at the top of the um, 7 o'clock hour. More on this looming government shutdown and Florida lawmakers debating the Electoral College versus the popular vote, as we have often here on Good Morning Orlando. Stay tuned for the news. It's Good Morning Orlando from the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. Right after the news, you can win 1000 bucks in our Make Your Wallet Great Again texting contest. you got to stay with us for the keyword of the hour. It's all ahead and more. Good morning to you at 7 o'clock. Good morning, Orlando. Thursday morning here at 7 o'clock on a chilly morning. We are red hot. We've got the latest for you on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic right now on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Deborah Roberts. And our top stories this morning a government shutdown looms large, and Florida lawmakers debate the Electoral College versus the popular vote. We'll have the details coming up in one minute. Florida Power and Light customers, you're about to get a break on your monthly bill, and you can thank the president. The story next on Good Morning Orlando. Good Thursday morning. It's 7.03 on News Radio 102.5. Republican Senator Lindsey Graham says he won't support the Republican short-term funding bill to avoid a government shutdown. Wednesday, the senator from South Carolina told reporters he would not vote to, quote, destroy the military, end quote. Graham and his Republican colleague, Senator John McCain, have argued in the past that short-term funding bills leave the military with little stability as well as insufficient funding. He said he thinks it's uh, naive to think any budget deal would pass that did not enshrine protections for DREAMers, which the Republican bill does not. Graham is the first GOP senator to publicly oppose the bill. The government faces a possible shutdown late Friday night. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. White House Chief of Staff John Kelly says President Trump was uninformed about immigration issues when, as a candidate, he pledged to build a wall along the border with Mexico. Kelly made the comment during a meeting yesterday with House Democratic Whip Steny Hoyer and other House Democrats, including members of the Congressional Hispanic Caucus. The Washington Post and CNN report Kelly also said Trump is committed to a permanent solution to protect young immigrants brought to the U.S. illegally as children. A congressman from the panhandle is defending President Trump's vulgar characterization of Haiti. On Tuesday night, Matt Gates told MSNBC that he wouldn't pick the same term reportedly used by the president, but did say that conditions in Haiti are, quote, deplorable and disgusting. The Fort Walton Beach Republican said he had been to Haiti and, quote, everywhere you look, it's sheet metal and garbage, end quote. A new Quinnipiac University poll shows voters are divided on whether they think President Trump is stable. The poll shows 45 percent believe Trump is stable, while 47 percent think he's unstable. Trump's current job approval rating is 38 percent, with 57 percent disapproving of his job performance. Assistant poll director Tim Malloy says Trump's approval ratings are likely remaining flat because so many people believe he's unstable. Some Florida lawmakers want to bypass the electoral college system and use the popular vote to pick a president. Kissimmee Senator Victor Torres says the electoral college made sense when it was created more than 200 years ago, but times change. In recent presidential elections, almost half of Florida's voters did not count because of the winner-take-all system of awarding electoral delegates. Torres wants Florida to join what's known as the National Popular Vote Interstate Compact, but his bill doesn't have much support from Republicans. It might have something to do with the fact that George W. Bush and Donald Trump lost the popular vote, but won the Electoral College. The Stone Zone is coming to Tallahassee. What's that? 
The Republican <laughs> operative Roger Stone, who has worked for Richard Nixon, Ronald Reagan, and Donald Trump, will be telling political tales at next month's meeting of the Capitol Tiger Bay Club, and they're expecting a big crowd. Finally, President Trump's 2017 Fake News Awards nearly crashed the Republican National Committee's website for a time yesterday. The blog hit CNN four times, the New York Times twice, and a variety of other news uh, media outlets, including ABC, Newsweek, and the Washington Post. The complaints range from the size of a crowd at a rally to whether Trump overfed fish during a trip to Japan. The final award goes to Russia collusion which Trump uh, claims is, quote, the greatest hoax perpetuated on the American people. And the first one went to uh, Krugman, who writes for the New York Times and hates Trump, and he said on the very day he got elected that the American economy would never recover. So the award goes to Krugman on the day the Dow went through 26,000 for the first time ever. WFLA News Time 707. Read about fire and fury being shopped for TV adaptation at 1025wfla.com. The second hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. Weather and traffic for the best audience in talk radio. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. The Bud Man here, along with the Deb Meister, Yaffe, our producer, and uh, Stephanie is screening. And if you want to weigh in on what's just happened with one of the big power companies here in the state, Florida Power and Light, they were going to hit you as a customer with a surcharge so that customers paid for the cost of restoring power after Hurricane Irma, okay? Duke has a plan to do that as well, and I have railed against this. But as you're about to learn, courtesy of President Donald Trump's tax cuts and tax reform, FPNL is not going to gouge you and make you pay for restoring power after Irma. This is a big story. FP&L is doing the right thing, and they're doing it strictly, they say, because of the positive business climate created by the Trump tax cuts and tax reform. Now, what about Duke Energy? We'll explore that, too. We'll get into it here in a moment. Stay tuned. This is amazing stuff. All of this in Orlando's news, weather, and traffic to be updated in only two minutes. Stick around on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I applaud FPNL. Now, what's Duke Energy going to do? That's where we begin in hour number two here. As you know, in the wake of these storms and the announced plans by these by these power companies like FPNL and Duke that, hey, they were going to make we the people their power customers with no choice at all on our part to pay extra on our bills for several years every month now to pay for the cost of these storms. I don't think we should have to do that. I think they should have to do that. And I said so since the beginning. I mean, for God's sakes, they didn't have to lay out anything for hurricane damage for about 12 years until we got into this storm season last year and got hit so hard by Irma in particular. You know, where's the rainy day fund? You know, if a business falls on hard times, I'm a customer of that business. I should not have to pick up the tab. They need to run their business in such a way that they can handle these situations 
and bear the cost. But it doesn't work that way in the utilities, and too often we get the Florida Public Service Commission green lighting whatever the power companies need. Well, I'll tell you what. I want you, to, if you're FPNL, to get a hold of them there and, 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 and applaud them for what they have done. Let me give you a few more particulars on this. The announcement came down from the uh, CEO of FPNL yesterday. There will not be a Hurricane Irma cleanup charge in FPL bills. And you're going to save, if you're a customer, 250 bucks. they say, on the average over the next two and a half years. You've got to love that. And there's not going to be an increase in the, in the base rate for power with FPL until at least 2022. Here's what the CEO said. The timing of federal tax reform. This is all from the Trump tax cuts and tax reform, okay? And they admit it. The timing of the federal tax reform coming on the heels of the most expensive hurricane in Florida history created an unusual and unprecedented opportunity. We believe the plan we've outlined is the fastest way to begin passing tax savings along to our customers and the most appropriate approach to keeping rates low and stable for years to come. Our current rate agreement provides the ability to use federal tax savings that come right from the Trump-driven tax reform corporate tax down, and all the other benefits to entirely offset Hurricane Irma restoration costs. Wow. It's incredible when you think about it. And we will deliver immediate relief and benefit to our customers. And also, there's the potential opportunity to avoid a general base rate increase for up to an additional two years to 2022 versus 2020. That's what FPL is doing. That's what the Trump tax reform and tax cuts are doing in companies all across America. Now, we reached out to Duke Energy because they have plans to make their 664,000 power customers in Central Florida pay for what it costs them to get the power back on post-Irma. They say we had to bring in a small army to rebuild portions of our system here, and they wanted us to pay as Duke customers an extra $5.20 a month for the next three years, all of us, okay? And we reached out to Duke Energy, and I'll tell you in a moment what came back. We tried to get a Duke representative on the show this morning. We could not, but Yaffe did get a statement from their spokesperson, and I will share it with you here in a moment. At this point, they have not gone the FP&L route. Do you agree with me? High praise for FP and L. And high praise for the fruits of the Trump tax reform law. 407-916-5400, text line 23680. Florida Power and Life says is a direct result of the Trump tax cuts and tax reform. They are dropping their plans to make their customers pay with a monthly surcharge over the course of several years for the cost of dealing with Hurricane Irma. Now, what about the real big hitter, the biggest power company in Central Florida? I think it may be the biggest one in the country now. Duke Energy, 664,000 customers here. We reached out to them. Yaffe got a hold of their spokeswoman, who was with us during the storm, um, Anne-Marie Varga. And this is the statement that she authorized us to read on the air. They have not made the same decision that FP&L has made, at least not yet. We want to encourage them to do so. 
Here's the statement. Duke Energy is moving quickly to analyze the benefits of tax reform, but felt it important to move the regulatory process forward. Our customers are protected, and any benefits found to be available from tax reform would flow back to customers consistent with the provisions of our settlement agreement. She was unavailable this morning, Yaffe. We may be able to get her on next week. Is that what I understand? That's what she told me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Possibly. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Um, I'll, I'll let you speak for yourselves, but if you're a Duke Energy customer, maybe you'd like to let them know what you think they need to do here in the wake of the decision just made by FP and L. Uh, you can reach out to Duke on their Twitter account, Twitter at Duke Energy, Twitter at Duke Energy. We have a customer service number. That auto, if, you, if you're willing to go through the automation, get you to a live voice at some point, and here it is, 407-629-1010, 407-629-1010, Duke Energy. I think they, what FBNL did here, I think it's going to put some pressure on Duke Energy here, don't you, Yaffe? And I think that oh, it yeah. should. Yeah, I, I, I definitely think it will put pressure on them. And if people call and people uh, go on Twitter, that's going to put even more pressure on them. Yeah. It's amazing, isn't it, what's going on in the wake so quickly of the tax reform legislation that was, that was the vision of President Trump when he was a campaigner for the office he now holds. And he was the driving force behind it. He got the Republican-controlled Congress to get it through by the skin of its teeth just before Christmas signed into law taking effect at the new year, um, and, and it's amazing what we're seeing. All that's going on, FP&L now, Apple, all these companies, and we haven't even seen the increase in our take-home pay that we'll start seeing in February. It's remarkable what happens when you unshackle the engine of free enterprise. What's really amazing about it, too, is the businesses are specifically saying it's because of the tax the tax cuts and the tax bill, even yeah. FBL. They're specifically saying, look, it's going to help our business, so we're going to pass that on to the consumer and our employees. Where do the Democrats go to fight this? I mean, Nancy Pelosi said it was the worst bill ever to hit the floor of the House of Representatives. <laughs> look what it is doing for people regardless of party. You know, FP&L doesn't just keep the lights on in conservative households. They light up the liberals' homes as well and keep the AC and the heat working. Okay, this is not partisan stuff. It cuts all across the political spectrum, the benefits of unshackling the economy that had been so overregulated with high taxes, particularly under the Obama regime. Deb, we've been praising Florida Power and Light for their decision now as a direct result of the benefits of tax reform and the Trump tax cuts. Not to, not to add the surcharge to people's bills. They're going to handle the cost of, uh, you know, what it took to uh, get the power back on with Irma. Yeah, exactly. No more uh, surcharge through 2020. And we'd be getting a lot of text messages, Mike. Have you, uh, what say the people via text? Well, we have one texter who actually says he works for FBNL. Says I'm also a customer of FBNL, so I'm happy about not getting the surcharge. But he wants to defend the company a little bit he says they have been spending billions to upgrade and better withstand their storms and also most normal businesses are not regulated by the power commission as to what they can charge their customers Mm -hmm. so most businesses could charge whatever they want where fbnl they have to get approval 
And they have been spending, he says, billions of dollars to make us better prepared for storms. Yeah, and and listen, my experience, though, is it's pretty much a, a rubber stamp and a green light from the Public Service Commission for most of what they want. They ask for more than they think they're going to get, then they get a little less, and it looks like they've been, you know, you know, they've been held in check, et cetera. But point well taken, interesting comments there. Um, hey, listen, we have this government shutdown looming. We got the DACA deal and all of this. What's going on in Washington, Deb? Well, Republican leaders in the House are scheduling a vote today, but on a short-term funding bill to avoid a government shutdown Friday night. The bill would keep the government running for four weeks while lawmakers work on a long-term bill. But conservative Republicans say they won't support it because it doesn't include more money for defense. Democrats say they won't vote for any bill that doesn't protect young immigrants brought to the U.S. illegally as children. This news brought to you by Tresco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. All right, some people choose tattoos that speak to them. That is literally the case with these tattoos that can play back audio clips. You told me a little bit about this in the newsroom this morning, and I was just riveted to it. This is a heck of a story. It really is. It's a new tech-based take on body art from Los Angeles startup Skin Motion. A specially trained artist recreates a sound wave file as a tattoo. An app, a skin motion app, is then used to read the tattoo and play back an associated audio file. The company says it's done using a combination of audio processing and image recognition. Now, for one man, it was a chance to keep forever a voicemail his grandmother left him before she died. Oh, my goodness. And just a month before her grandmother died, Shakira Morris got a voicemail from her. Since then, the teen from Chicago has treasured the message that allows her to hear the voice of her late grandma. She says she's saved that voicemail for nearly three years now. So Maura shared on Twitter that she will carry that voicemail message with her wherever she goes, literally. She writes online, quote, My grandma passed away my junior year of high school, she wrote. A month before she passed, she left me a voicemail wishing me happy birthday. Today, I got that exact waveform tattooed across my heart. And I am able to play it just by holding my camera over it. Oh, my. She also posted a video on Instagram of her new tattoo in action. Wow, that's from her late grandma. That's from her late grandmother. Uh, the last message she received from her grandmother before she died. And like I said, she had that waveform tattooed across her heart. So as long as she has that, you know, that yeah. recognition, that app to be able to play that voicemail, she'll always be able to hear her grandmother's voice. But it's not just people. Okay. This woman, real quickly, decided yeah, sure. to get a sound wave tattoo of her dog. So I decided that I wanted to get a sound wave tattoo, and my choice was of my dog, Bocce, and he has a famous howl that he does, so I decided to have a picture of Bocce and have him howling for my sound wave tattoo. Come here, Bocce. Good boy. Now the first This bar- is Bocce. Okay. And this is Bocce. Now here's the tattoo. And this is the sound wave tattoo. <laughs> and Bocce sitting on her lap <laughs> hears himself and so he starts responding to the sound wave tattoo of his howl. 
you are amazing. This story you're bringing us this morning, I, the, what, what impresses me most is how good the fidelity is. Exactly, exactly. It's like digital quality. It's, it's very good reproduction. It really is. And for pet owners, for people with family members who are, I mean, the applications are immense. I, I've never wanted a tattoo, but I would get a sound wave tattoo. Is there, is there any kind of a creep factor to all of this? You know, the sound of people who've passed away and you could hear them again. I don't. I don't think so. My I first reaction either. was, "Am I creeped out by this, Yaffe? What do you think, Steph? Any thoughts? No, I, I like it. Yeah, I think I, it's pretty cool. I do too. And like I said, I've I've never wanted a tattoo, but it, for someone that a loved one or certainly my dog, I would get a tattoo. What about you, Stephanie? Yeah, I think that's pretty cool. Isn't that I awesome? Like that. Do you, you have know? any idea what this costs? No, no idea. But if you do want to get one of these, yeah. you do have to be very careful about because they have to be specially trained. They have to be able to exactly recreate that audio file on your skin or you're not going to get exactly what it was that you set out to do. Yep, you got to have a specially trained tattoo artist. You do. So go to Skin Motion. Just do a Google. Skin Motion? Skin Motion is the name of the Los Angeles startup. Uh, they're also the ones who made the Skin Motion app, which is what plays the audio file back for you. Bud's writing it down. He's going to get a tattoo. Hey, I don't as, blame him, man. Uh, I do not blame no. him at all. <laughs> that is awesome. I want to think of what I would, what I, what I would want on my tattoo. Oh, your best friend's voice, Linda's voice, the voices of yeah. your grandchildren. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking about it. Yeah, you are. Wow. We should do like a group audio file, a, a group sound wave tattoo session. Everyone picks someone that or something. Some audio file they would want forever treasured on their on their body. Incredible stuff, Deb. Wow. That's going to be a tough act to follow, but I know you'll have more news for us at the top of the hour. I'll try. All right. We're looking <laughs> forward to it. At this kind of weather, it's a good time to uh, check into your local movie theater and hunker down for a couple of hours in comfort. And we've got a new prize on Sound Judgment, and folks are going to get to go to a, a much-anticipated movie on us. Stephanie, more on the prize, if you will. That's right. So today we have two free passes to all the money in the world at any AMC theater in the Orlando area. All the money in the world is inspired by true events. It follows the kidnapping of John Paul Getty III and his mother's desperate attempt to convince his billionaire grandfather to pay the ransom and save her son's life. The suspense thriller directed by Academy Award nominated Ridley Scott, starring Michelle Williams, Academy Award winner Christopher Plummer and Mark Wahlberg is in theaters now. I remember that story upon which that movie is based very, very well. Thank you, Steph. We're ready to go. If somebody gets a wrong answer, you can still win by calling quickly at 407-916-5400. So here we are. It's January 18th, and on this very date in 1938, legendary Major League Baseball pitcher Grover Cleveland Alexander was elected to the Hall of Fame in Cooperstown. Now, you don't have to know any sports to get this right. You just need to be able to listen, okay? Years later... That picture was portrayed in the movie Winning Team by a well-known actor of the time who went on to become even more popular in another line of work. Listen to this clip from the film, then use your sound judgment to identify the man speaking. Grover Cleveland Alexander, you made me a promise last night. Do you remember it? Oh, sure I do, but Amy, $100 a month. And it would only be for the summer, wouldn't it, Mr. Glashie? Grover? Amy, don't you see? We could have all the money we need by the end of the summer if I join the team. Identify that voice. Let's go to the toll-free line. You're first up toll-free. Nope. He who hesitates is lost. Let's go to line four. Who was that guy? Hello? Who was that speaking? Ronald Reagan. Oh, yeah. 
The movie's the winning team. Doris Day was the female lead in that. And, of course, he did go on to be even more popular than as an actor as president of the United States. Congratulations on winning our sound judgment game this morning. Way to go. You sound really excited, kind of like over the moon, trying to suppress her emotions here. (laughs) Hey, listen, it's great to have you with us. Please give me your first name. I will write you a note of personal congratulations. Mary. Mary calling in from what town? Deltona. Thank you so much for joining us from beautiful Volusia County. Cold enough for you this morning? Plenty cold. (laughs) Thank you, Mary. Don't go away. You and Stephanie will talk it over off air. We'll get you the prize. Have a wonderful day, Mary. Okie dokie. Thank you. Okay, good deal. And we have another Sound Judgment winner. And we'll have the Rush Morning Update coming up here right after we check Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA. Good morning, Orlando. It's Thursday morning, January 18th. You're on the 50,000-watt front porch. It's cold out there, but nice and warm and comfortable in here. The coffee's on. We're frying up some bacon and eggs and pancakes in our minds. And uh, it's great to have you with us. In the next hour, i got to tell you this amazing story, at least it is to me, about an employee who saw someone shoplifting where he works and tried to stop the shoplifter and got fired for doing so because the company policy says that employees are not to physically engage with customers. What his customer is stealing from the store where he works? Now, I don't know what the policies are. I'm not talking about an armed holdup where they say, don't do anything, don't engage him, you're liable to get killed. This is a shoplifter in a grocery store taking some extra groceries and trying to get out the door, spotted by an employee who confronts the shoplifter and gets fired for his trouble. The people out there are rallying around the fired employee trying to get the company to bring him back on. As an employee, he had worked there for 17 years and and done exemplary work, it is reported. Now, I don't know about this. What, What is the policy? Those of you who work in retail at one level or another, convenience store, supermarket, any kind of a store, you know shoplifting is an issue. Hurts the bottom line and the profits. It's wrong. It's stealing. What are the policies where you work? Could you get fired for confronting a shoplifter? Not an armed robber. I understand that. I understand policies there to keep people alive, for goodness sakes. But we're talking about a shoplifter. Are you supposed to just let him go? And if you were, what is the policy where you work? I really want to know this um, in the context of this story we're going to get into under the heading of what's bugging the bud man, which we're going to dive into right after the news is updated at the top of the hour. And Deborah Roberts will have that on more on this looming government shutdown in Washington and, um, and ICE and sheriffs teaming up to prevent release of criminal aliens. Now, this is all ahead in hour number three, starting with Deborah Roberts at the top of the hour, followed immediately by your opportunity to win $1,000 in our Make Your Wallet Great Again texting contest. you got to listen for the new keyword of the hour, then text that word to 20, to 200, 200. Text it to 200, 200. You could win $1,000. 
It's Good Morning Orlando for the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. We are glad you're with us at 7.59. Good morning, Orlando. Top of the morning to you here on a brutally cold Thursday morning at 8 o'clock as we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Deborah Roberts. And our top stories this morning, a government shutdown threat looms large and ICE and sheriffs team up to prevent release of criminal aliens. We'll have the details coming up in one minute. And I'll tell you what's bugging the bud, man, and see what you think next on Good Morning Orlando. And good Thursday morning. It's 8.03 on News Radio 1025. The threat of a federal government shutdown Friday night is growing on both sides of the aisle. Hundreds of thousands of federal workers could be sent home, and the national parks will close if Congress doesn't come up with a solution. House Republican leaders are proposing a bill to fund the government for four weeks to give lawmakers time to work out a long-term spending bill. But some GOP conservatives in the House oppose the plan because it doesn't include more money for defense. Meanwhile, Democrats say they won't support any funding bill that doesn't include protection for hundreds of thousands of young immigrants brought to the U.S. illegally as children, known as DREAMers. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. A fierce winter storm is making life miserable for millions of people across the south. South Florida is expecting the coldest weather of the week this morning with temperatures dipping into the 40s. The storm is blamed for at least eight deaths. It's left tens of thousands without power, crippled transportation and forced schools to close in a number of states. The governors of Alabama, Louisiana, Georgia, and North Carolina all declared states of emergency earlier this week. For us here locally, a freeze warning is in effect until 9 this morning, with temperatures in some areas in the 20s. A windchill advisory is also in effect for some areas until 10 o'clock. When we came on at 6 this morning, Deb, you had an item about there being ice down on I-Drive at one point. (laughs) Yeah, I couldn't believe that when I heard that. Yeah, we don't hear that often, and it's not something you'd ever expect to have to prepare for while driving in Orlando, but we were down, as you said, what, to about 28 at one point. We're at 28 degrees right now. In fact, speaking of that ice, there was a fatal accident this morning in Navarre in the panhandle when someone hit a patch of black ice and ended up sliding, unfortunately, into some construction equipment. Wow, my goodness. Warm up coming, though, into the weekend, 80 early next week, I think. Thankfully, this is a Florida cold front, but you're right, bud. Yeah. Upper 70s at least. Hang in there. Yeah, hang in there. A sad story out of uh, South Carolina. One of the four law enforcement officers shot earlier this week has died. York County Sheriff's Detective Mike Dottie was shot while searching the woods for a domestic violence suspect early Tuesday morning. Officials say the officers were ambushed by the suspect who was also wounded. Three of the officers work for the York County Sheriff's Office while the other is a York police officer. The other three are expected to recover. U.S. immigration authorities are teaming up with sheriffs from 17 Florida counties to prevent the release of criminal aliens back into the community. Immigration and Customs Enforcement says that all too often when an alien is arrested on a local criminal charge, they're subsequently released before ICE agents are able to pick them up. Pinellas County Sheriff Bob Gualtieri says the new protocol allows jails to detain illegal immigrants for 48 hours so immigration officers can pick them up. Every sheriff in this country and everybody who operates a county jail should want the same thing, and that is to make sure that criminal illegals who are wreaking havoc in the communities, repeatedly committing crime, don't get out on the street, and that we partner with ICE so that they can do their job and remove them from the country, and hopefully they stay out of here. Gualtieri says sheriffs have been reluctant to abide by a federal immigration request to detain an illegal immigrant because they may face 
a civil rights lawsuit. The process is beginning with a limited number of law enforcement agencies, but ICE plans to expand impl implementation in the coming year. Locally, the only participating sheriffs are in the counties of Pinellas, Brevard, and Polk. And we know under the Trump administration and Attorney General Jeff Sessions, they're all about um, getting tougher than we have been on illegals. So we'll see how this plays out. And finally, a humanitarian group says the U.S. Border Patrol agents are regularly destroying water aid stations in the Arizona desert. A Tucson organization called No More Deaths released a report Wednesday accusing border agents of kicking, slashing, and dumping plastic gallon containers of water that the group leaves out for migrants crossing the desert to enter the U.S. illegally. A spokesperson for the group told the Arizona Republic that the vandalism is not the work of a few rogue agents, but is systemic and is part of a larger policy. WFLA News Time 807. Watch as an earthquake-causing meteor shocks Michigan residents awake. At 1025WFLA.com, the third hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. News, weather, traffic. This is Good Morning Orlando with Bud Hedinger and Deborah Roberts on News Radio 1025. And we greet you from the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. Stay tuned. We're going to dive right into what's bugging the Bud Man, and I, I want to know what you think about the idea that this longtime faithful employee of a supermarket out in California has been fired for confronting a shoplifter stealing from the store. I, I don't understand that. I wonder what the policies are in businesses here in Central Florida, maybe where you work. If you see somebody stealing from your store and you're an employee, are you to do nothing? I think this employee should have gotten a reward or a raise, certainly a commendation. He's gotten fired. I mean, is, is that typical? If it is, I'm unaware of it, and I don't like it. Let's talk about it. There's a few other things bugging the Bud Man, too. I've got to get off my chest here this morning, and we'll do that right after we give you an opportunity to uh, make your wallet great again with our new texting contest. Listen right now for the, well, in a minute or so, right after Deb brings us a message. Uh, this will be for the new keyword of the hour, and then you text that word to 200-200, and yeah, you could win $1,000. All of this and an update on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic coming your way in two minutes here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. What's bugging the bud, man? Well, let me tell you. It seems to me that if you're an employee of a company and you see somebody stealing, you see a shoplifter headed on out of the store with stuff they didn't pay for, that you ought to be praised, commended, maybe even given a raise. Certainly good things should happen when you stop somebody from stealing from the store. Now, I don't know what policies are out there in the world of retail, but a lot of you work in retail. Let me know, what is the policy? If you see a shoplifter, I'm not talking about avoiding confronting an armed robber. This is all about keeping you alive when they say don't confront them. Give them what they want. We're talking about a shoplifter here. In this case, in a supermarket, somebody you know, going out with groceries they didn't pay for. And this employee out in Oakland, California, by the name of Tang, who had worked there faithfully for 17 years and was an exemplary employee by all reports, has been fired for confronting the shoplifter because the company policy is that you do not physically engage with customers. Well, he's a guy's a customer, but he's stealing from the store. This guy got fired? That seems fundamentally wrong to me. Doesn't it to you? Why would they do such a thing? There's a big movement to try to force the company to hire him back on in this supermarket chain out there. 
on the West Coast. I mean, I just can't believe this. What is going on in this crazy world that you do something good and, and you lose your job for it? Is that similar to a policy where you work? What are you supposed to do wherever you work if you're in a situation where there might be shoplifters? What is the policy? Are you allowed to confront them and stop them and make sure they don't steal stuff? Or do you have to keep hands completely off? 407-916-5400. Linda, good morning to you from St. Cloud. You're on with a Bud Man on this. What do you think? Good morning, Bud. I listen to you every morning on my way to work. Thank you. Um, my point is, I can understand your point. But what happens if that employee gets hurt in the process of trying to stop that uh, shoplifter? Say the shoplifter knocks him down, and then um, the retailer would be responsible for his medical bills, or that employee could sue him. So here we're talking about, you know, a medical bill or thousands of dollars with thousands of dollars or or getting sued for a million dollars over ten dollars worth of groceries. Man, I don't know. It's all about the lawyers and the fear of litigation, isn't it? It sure is. I hate that. I really do. But I think you're probably right. Thank you. Good points, Lynn. Thanks for listening. Chuck, good morning to you from Winter Garden in western Orange County. You're on. Go ahead. Good morning, bud. Uh, hey. A lot of large companies will have an actual loss prevention department who's mm-hmm. trained specifically to deal with people who are stealing. And they're afraid that either the customer will get hurt and sue them over something that cost them two dollars or their actual employee will get hurt and you know something will happen to them so over two dollars they'd rather not have their employee confront somebody shoplifting yeah. uh they have specific people who are trained to do that with a loss prevention yeah interesting i mean if i'm a shoplifter chuck this is like hey the message is out come and get it because we're not going to stop you unless they catch you on surveillance camera or something and track you down I don't know. Seems to me you ought to be able to, you know, you ought to be able to be proactive and and stop this. And then it ought to be good things happen to you instead of bad things like losing your job for your trouble. Rob, good morning from Lakeland. What do you think? Hey, bud. Um, Well, sex is my wife's plan to retail business, a gun shop here in Polk County. Mm -hmm. And five, six years ago when they were having that rash of the flash mobs, you know, people would come in individually and then on signal. Yeah. Grab merchandise and Remember that. the door. Well, I got my few employees together, and I told them, I said, look, if anybody, anybody gets out of my store with any of my property, you're all fired. You're all fired? Absolutely. So you're now, telling them they've got to prevent shoplifting, or they're going to be out on the street. That's their job. All right. Now, and if they catch a shoplifter... What do you do? Well, fact of the matter is, over the years, uh, we never even had an attempt. Uh, yeah, but what would you do? Would you praise? Would you, would you praise him? Would you commend him? Would you give him a raise, a little extra time oh. off? What would you do? All the above. Good. That's the way I think it ought to be. We'll take more calls on this as we roll on. Stay with me. 407-916-5400. Yaffe says the text line is lighting up. You can join that conversation at two three six eight zero with standard message and data rate supply. So it just pains me to think that we have policies in place in the world of retail where if you stop a shoplifter, you get fired because you're in violation of a corporate policy that employees not physically engage with customers. That's what happened to a guy out in California, and I just was wondering 
what the policies are here and, and whether or not you have a problem with them as I do these policies. Here is Doug. Good morning to you from uh, Lake County. Hello, Doug. Hey there. Uh, yeah, hey, I, I don't have a dictionary in front of me, but I, I imagine that if I looked up the word customer, it wouldn't say anything about someone entering my place of business to steal from me. Uh, I think, therefore, this guy's probably got a pretty good case against his employer. Uh, any lawyer worth his weight in this uh worth his degree should be able to get him out of this one and get his job back. What do you I mean, think uh, a policy uh, ought to be for employees who spot shoplifters? Should they stop them or should they ignore them? Oh, they should stop them or, or at least uh, attempt to. I agree with that. Yaffe on the text line, what's coming in? Yes, but I'm getting a lot of texts that are saying similar to what the calls were saying in the last segment, that the problem is if the employee gets hurt, he can sue the company. If the customer gets hurt, they can sue the customer, the company. And I think that's the real issue here. I can kind of understand why companies have this policy because we are such a sue-happy country right now that that's exactly what would happen. Yeah. They would sue and probably win. This kind, this litigious atmosphere we have, and it's not going away, paralyzes people into inaction right. and causes them not to do the right thing. Yeah, in a world of common sense, no one would have a problem stopping a shoplifter. But in what you said, the litigious society, that's what happens. Let's get on up to Volusia County in DeLand and check in with Eric for some incoming on this. Good morning to you, Eric. What do you think? Good, good morning, bud. I, listen, I've been in retail management for 25 years. And the one thing, it, is, it has morphed in those 25 years where in the beginning we could address them. We could even physically confront them like this uh, particular story is. But the, as things have gone, and there have been multiple cases where customers and employees have been killed or hurt extensively in that process. And then you start to look at, was it worth the dollar amount that they were stealing? And there's also two types of criminals here. You have organized crime who come in in groups to do it. And then you have, which is more dangerous, the the customer who comes in who's stealing for need. We have no idea what their story is. Are they a drug addict? Are they just lost their job? Are they having major uh, life issues? And they're more desperate. And so I don't want to put one of my $8 an hour, $10 an hour, or in this particular case, this guy was with the company 17 years and knew the policy yeah. to confront somebody who is, he's not trained to do that. The, if they're yeah. in, if, in this particular case is in Oakland, they, if this was high crime and high theft, I'm sure this company would have had professional people in their stores. And if they chose not to, yeah. then the shrink that they would incur was offset by the sales. Boy, this is great. I'm telling you, it's much more complicated than I thought. You know, I, I, I like these things that are quick, simple, easy, black and white, right and wrong. And I guess we got too many shades of gray going here. But I'm getting a bit of an education, and I thank you for it. We continue. I want you to download the absolutely free, amazing, completely redesigned iHeartRadio app. You will be amazed at what it does for your radio listening experience here on WFLA and throughout our family of 800-plus iHeartRadio stations. Right now at the bottom of the hour, Deborah Roberts with our uh, news update on the looming government shutdown in Washington. Uh, what's going to happen today? Big doings, a vote coming up. She has the latest. A Montreal man has fooled police with a fake car made of made of snow. I guess they have plenty of it up there in Canada. Good morning to you at 8.30. 
High drama and a looming deadline in Washington, Deb. What's the latest? Uh, the White House is expressing support for another short-term budget deal that would keep the government open. However, it's not certain there are enough votes in the Senate to avert a government shutdown when it runs out of money late Friday night. Republican Senator Lindsey Graham said he wouldn't vote for the extension, citing insufficient funding for the military and lack of protection for DREAMers. Democrats are insisting on long-term protections for hundreds of thousands of young immigrants who were brought to the U.S. illegally as children. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Pretty neat idea. Simon LePrize had a plan, some snow, and a couple hours to spare, bud. The result? A delightful picture of a lone police officer staring skeptically at a car parked in a snow removal zone. <laughs> he even had his ticket book in hand. Uh-huh. Ah, but little did the officer know it was all a trick. Uh, the 33-year-old machinist and artist from Montreal was hoping to prank snow removal crews in his neighborhood with a fake car he made after a storm Monday, modeled after the DeLorean DMC-12 Back to the Future fame. Nice. Yeah. La Prize's coup de grace was a real windshield wiper he had found across the street while working on the project, placed inconspicuously as if it were the only exposed part of the car. The police soon came to investigate because it was parked in a snow removal zone, only to discover after some time that the car was entirely made of snow. I love this. Now, you grew up in Green Bay, Wisconsin. (laughs) I spent a lot of years in my early part of my career in Syracuse and Lake Effect country, and there were times when cars would be covered, and it would be the loose form of the car, but you could not see any of the sheet metal, any of the glass at all. And this guy recreated that and fooled the cop. He did. I I love it. You see the outline of the windows. You've got the tires. (laughs) My question is, where were the snow removal crews when he was out there working on this for hours? That's a good point. When you see the amount of work he put into this project, (laughs) the uh, officers did end up writing LaPrize a ticket, one that said, you made our night. Ha, 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 ha. All good things must come to an end, however, and snowplows destroyed his creation the next morning. Bummer. (laughs) I don't know if you heard about this story, but a man on a British Airways flight says he was denied passage because he wore everything he packed. Okay. The Iceland Monitor says passenger Ryan Carney Williams said he was booted from a British Airways flight from Iceland to England last week for wearing too many clothes. Williams said he couldn't afford the excess baggage fee of $125 as, quote, a result of being left homeless in Iceland for over a week, end quote. So instead, Williams decided he'd wear 10 shirts and eight pairs of pants. (laughs) I have to give that guy credit. I I do, too. (laughs) It's a clever way to get around that. I think British Airways should have just let him fly. But, you know, it's it's a whole. He must have looked like the Michelin tire guy or something or a Macy's (laughs) balloon or something. I don't think this man could have sat in an airplane seat for the eight hour (laughs) flight from England back to the States wearing eight pairs of pants. How are his legs going to bend? I don't know. Wait, it was a flight from England to the States, you said? Yeah. How long is that flight? Uh, that's uh, at least... got to uh, be pretty long, Five hours, right? maybe? Well, if it's Iceland, wait, if it's going to be Iceland to England, yeah, that, it probably, but it's still that's several a couple hours, I mean, probably. That's, 
And that's a long time that's... not to use the bathroom, exactly. is what I'm saying. There's no way that guy is able to use the facilities. Yeah, what are you going to do? Unzip 10 times? <laughs> I mean... Oh, good point. I hadn't thought about that. Wow. Yeah. Good luck with that. This is great. And finally, welcome to Thursday. There's a lot going on today. It's National Get to Know Your Customers Day. All it takes is a minute to reach out to people who frequent your business to make a connection that can last all year. It's also National Winnie the Pooh Day in commemoration of the famed children's book, author's birthday add to that today is national michigan day in honor of the state with the most shoreline and the lower 48 wait a minute we don't have more shoreline than they don't i we? would think oh, we do maybe not because they got the upper peninsula That's lower right. peninsula the upers steph look that up how much shoreline does florida versus michigan have we'll report Uh-oh. on the next segment here i thought we were the leaders we got about 1400 miles of shoreline down here ding 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 we've got ourselves a battle royale oh, i'm telling national michigan day give me a break <laughs> thanks Steph. you're welcome All right, good deal. uh-oh looks like i'm on the losing end of the longest shoreline debate stephanie between yep. um Florida and Michigan. Deb says it's National Michigan Day or something like that because they've got the longest shoreline of any state in the country. Yeah, I've never heard that. Well, and what did you find out? So Florida has only 1,300 miles of shoreline and Michigan has 3,100. Because they've got the upper and the lower peninsula. Yeah. And all around each So they cheated, basically. Well, nobody should be able to have like an extra part like that. I I agree. You know, I don't know. Wow, 3,100 miles. Okay, all right. Well, I look like an idiot, but that's not the first time. <laughs> anyway, um, oh, under the category um, of what's bugging the bud man, beyond this issue with, the, you know, stopping a shoplifter and getting fired for your trouble, boy, we had some great input on that. It was terrific. Thanks so much on the phone and the text line. We have new Department of Homeland Security statistics on terrorists in this country. And to me, it screams for a crackdown on illegal immigration to the max. And it screams, among other things, build the wall. Of the 549 people convicted of international terrorism-related charges in this country between September 11, 2001... And the end of last year, of the 549, 402, almost three-quarters of them, were foreign-born. Of those, 148 had become naturalized citizens before committing terrorist crimes. According to the uh, DHS Secretary, Kirsten Nielsen, these findings suggest the U.S. needs to improve its immigration vetting process to include screening certain immigrants not only in advance of their arrival here, but while they are here. And that we need tighter limits on extended family migration, chain migration the president wants an end to, and ending the green card lottery so that we have full control and approval of who gets in this country and we can say no to anybody. That's the way it should be. That's where the president is trying to to get us and it just bugs the bud man that we've got people standing in the way of this mostly the democrats in congress was religious freedom day two days ago i missed it yaffe missed it did you miss it 
Well, the President of the United States did not. A stirring proclamation from President Donald J. Trump. Excerpts here in a moment. From the Front Gate Realty Studio, visit laurahasthebuyers.com. So Tuesday, two days ago, the 16th, was Religious Freedom Day. Apparently, Yaffe did a little research on this, that uh, we've had an annual Religious Freedom Day um, pegged to an important day in the history of this country involving um, Thomas Jefferson uh, and the state of Virginia. Um, But uh, President Trump proclaimed Religious Freedom Day, and frankly, it was totally ignored by the media, and we missed it. But I really thought his words were really stirring here. For those of you who think that this man is heartless and is godless and whatever else, and there were many of you out there, keep in mind, I'm sure the president didn't write this, but he most certainly would have signed off on every word. Okay? So here we go. Excerpts from the proclamation. Today, President Donald Trump issued a proclamation declaring January 16, 2018 as Religious Freedom Day, and here is some of what was expressed. Faith is embedded in the history, the spirit, and the soul of our nation. On Religious Freedom Day, we celebrate the many faiths that make up our country. Today, Americans from diverse ethnic and religious backgrounds remain steadfast in a commitment to the inherent values of faith, honesty, integrity, and patriotism. Our Constitution and laws guarantee Americans the right not just to believe as they see fit, but to freely exercise their religion. Unfortunately, not all have recognized the importance of religious freedom, whether by threatening tax consequences for particular forms of religious speech or forcing people to comply with laws that violate their core religious beliefs without sufficient justification. These incursions, little by little, can destroy the fundamental freedoms underlying our democracy. Therefore... Soon after taking office, I addressed these issues in an executive order that helps ensure Americans are able to follow their consciences without undue government interference, and the Department of Justice has issued guidance to federal agencies regarding their compliance with laws that protect religious freedom. No American, whether a nun, a nurse, a baker, a business owner, should be forced to choose between the tenets of faith or adherence to the law. The United States is also the paramount champion for religious freedom around the world because we do not believe that conscience rights are only for Americans. We will continue to condemn and combat extremism, terrorism, and violence against people of faith, including genocide waged by the Islamic State of Iraq and Syria against Yazidis, Christians, and Shia Muslims. We will be undeterred in our commitment to monitor religious persecution and implement policies that promote religious freedom. Throughout these efforts, we strive for the day when people of all faiths can follow their heart and worship according to their consciences. President Donald Trump excerpts from his proclamation Tuesday of Religious Freedom Day. Pretty heavy-duty stuff, I thought there, Yaffe, and again, it gets no coverage. I loved it. I loved every word of it. That yep. was great. Mm-hmm. Yep. Hey, you're going to be on tonight with your primetime show. Let's talk about it. Yes, I'm going to be on tonight, 7 to 8 p.m. with Beyond Reason Radio. I want to talk about the economy and how good it's doing and why it's doing good and why Trump has a lot to do with it. There's still some things I'm concerned about, mostly the national debt. But we'll talk about that tonight. And tomorrow morning, it's our Trump at the one-year mark show. And we're going to want you to call and give me your assessment of President Trump one year after his inauguration, which is Saturday, but we don't do a show Saturday. So tomorrow's as close as we can come. We'll be all over that milestone tomorrow 
my take and yours, Yaffe's as well. In the meantime, for Deb, for Yaffe, for Steph, the Bud Man here, thanks for a great ride. You're the best audience in talk radio. You prove it every day. What a privilege to be here with you. Thank you. God bless you, and God bless America.